0: don't want to be just someone that's I speak my mind so free so you get hear the truth. Yeah, that we all have fear. Hello and welcome to the Truth For Youth podcast. I am the host, Micah Murphy. Thank you for tuning in today and listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thanks for joining. Give it a chance before you make a quick judgment and see if this is a good fit for you. Uh, I am here to speak. Truth, not Micah Murphy's truth, but the truth of what Jesus taught. Um, If you listened to the last podcast, I spoke about love and how we need to love at all times, even during times of hate, extreme hate, and even loving our enemies. And I know that is a difficult, difficult thing to do. It's easy to say, but it's difficult to actually put into action. And again, if you're listening to this current day, June 10th of 2020, our country, our world even, is full of a lot of hate. And honestly, I don't think that's going away. I think this world is always going to have some, some type of hate, some type of anger in it. It's just because we live in a broken world, and that's just un, the unfortunate reality. Now, that doesn't mean we just give into it. That doesn't mean we just throw our hands up and say, oh, well, there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, so anyways, last week I was talking about that theme of love. Well, I want to continue to talk about love and how I think love is a great answer for the times that we live in and how we move about from here. Uh, I actually saw a, I don't remember if it was a, a social media post or, you know, heard him actually say it in one of his podcasts, but but Gary Vee, who I believe has a very good pulse on, on human interaction and human behavior with, as far as marketing and that kind of stuff. Anyways, I heard him, uh, he, or he made this comment anyways, the world is not becoming a worse place to live. We just finally have the technology to expose the truth. I thought, wow, man, that's a, that's a strong statement. And I really thought about it for a minute and was like, hmm, is that, is that accurate? And really, the more I thought about it, the more I believe there is a lot of truth in that statement. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can really ever say for sure whether or not there's more hate or there's more evil in the world now than there was, you know, even back in the beginning of time. I think there's, again, always been evil. There's always been hatred. There's always been some type of division uh, against, you know, either certain people or, or whatever. So I don't know exactly to what, what extent that truth is, but I know there is a good bit of truth in it in the sense that people now have so much opportunity to either capture hatred or anger. Just think about it. Everybody pretty much carries a phone with them. Even, you know, young teenagers, if you're in the sixth grade, you probably have a phone. I know many even younger than that have phones. And what are on every single phone now? A camera. A camera that not only captures pictures, but also video. And so everywhere around us, we are getting video of good and bad. But obviously, what usually makes the media and gets everybody's attention is bad stuff, right? Like, you just turn the news on. Even prior to the whole pandemic and, uh, and the George Floyd stuff, everything even before that, it seems like what makes news is bad things, right? Like, we're always, you know, having bad news to share, and it is, you know, kind of discouraging, but I guess, you know, that saying of, you know, bad news is kind of what sells, you know, it's what people, I guess, I don't know, piques their interest. Um, But anyways, now there's so much of an opportunity for people to capture, you know, violence and discrimination and racism and just evil on their phones, and so not only are people capturing stuff that's probably been happening from the beginning of time, and it may have even been worse because you would think now that people know you're being videoed, you may act a little differently, but obviously that wasn't the case in the George George Floyd because the guy sat there and was watching people video him, and they were even saying we're videoing this, and he didn't bat an eye like the dude. I still cannot even comprehend what in the world, you know— was happening and and what this guy was thinking or, or whatever. I don't know. Just, again, to me, it just seems pure evil. But regardless, people are capturing that stuff on video, right? So now it's being exposed more. And not only that, even if this would happen, let's say, 10 years ago and people were able to capture that stuff on video, their voice wasn't as strong as it is today. Think about all the social media platforms that exist and now how, one person can can make a post, and that post can go viral within just hours from, you know, one or two views and likes or comments to all of a sudden millions, just within hours. And so everybody has a strong voice now. So people can be heard. And so, again, you think about that comment, how it's not necessarily a worse place to live. It's just technology is exposing the truth. It's it's pulling back the layers and revealing what's maybe always been there. And again, it's interesting to think about that. And I do believe there, again, there's a lot of truth to that, um, which again, it's just kind of that sad reality of, of the world that we live in. It's, it's a sinful broken world. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. They chose to sin. And at that time, we, lived, we started living in a broken world, so everybody after that, there became this sin and this sin nature and this selfishness. And so because of that, there's just always going to be you know, issues and troubles and heartache and brokenness and disease and crime and, and everything until finally the day that Jesus decides to come back and he puts an end to this, this current earth that we know it. And then we get the new heaven and the new earth. At which time there will not be, you know, the stuff that we have to experience today. Um, but again, thinking about all this stuff, it, it continues to bother me. Like I said in the last last podcast, I just continue to to see all this division and this hatred and this anger and this frustration. And and I get it. I understand that there's there's some justification for a lot of that. Um, but it's, it's still it bothers me in the sense that I. I don't believe that retaliating with anger is the right choice, and retaliating, you know, retaliating with, with violence or, or you know, I don't think that is the answer, because I go back to what what did Jesus say? What did Jesus teach? And he taught love. Love is the answer. Love is how we respond. And all week long, I've been thinking about the Good Samaritan. And now, if you're if you're new to church or the Bible, you may hear the word Good Samaritan, and you may think immediately of some award that maybe you received as a, as a young child. Maybe you received it recently. Maybe it's something that you've heard. But I, I always tend to think of the Good Samaritan Award. I guess just I remember growing up, uh, different teachers would give out Good Samaritan Awards maybe every, you know, quarter or maybe once a year. A lot of organizations were giving them out, some businesses were giving them out, some schools at large were giving them out, and it just went to people that did good deeds, that act selflessly and put others' needs and desires and wants ahead of theirs, and they helped them. So there's this concept of the Good Samaritan, and I would guess that a lot of people in this world they hear Good Samaritan, they think of that, they think of the award, not truly knowing what is the history of it, what is the root of it, what is the beginning of it. Well, the very beginning of it, it is a story told by Jesus himself. He talks about it, and it's recorded in, in one, at least one of the passages is, is in the book of Luke, and I'm going to read this passage for you, and it's it actually picks up right where I left off last week. I was talking about how we are called to love not only God. I mean, that was they were asking, what are the greatest commandments? And and so Jesus said, well, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the next is to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, to continue that is the Good Samaritan. So it just makes sense. I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. And I'm going to read the whole passage. I'm even going to go back and and include that. All right, so we're going to read Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Here it is. One day, an expert on Moses' law came to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what does a man need to do to live forever in heaven? And Jesus replied, what does Moses' law say about it? It says, he replied, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and you must love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you shall live. Well, then the man wanted to justify his lack of love for some kinds of people. So he asked, which neighbors? So Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jew going on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money and they beat him up and they left him lying half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along. And when he saw the man lying there, he actually crossed to the other side of the road to pass him by and then a jewish temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there but then he too went on but a despised samaritan came along and when he saw him he felt deep pity kneeling beside him the samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged him then he put the man on his donkey and walked him and walked along beside him Till they came to an inn where he nursed him through the night. The next day he handed the innkeeper two $20 bills and told him to take care of the man. If his bills run higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference next time I am here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the bandit's victim? And the man replied, the one who showed him pity. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. All right, let me give you some background on this passage that even makes it even that much more powerful. So during this time, Jews and Samaritans despised each other, absolutely despised each other. And again, back then, uh, nations really had to stick together, okay, because they, they were trying to, uh, you know, per, uh, preserve, that was the word I'm looking for, they're trying to preserve their heritage and their lineage. They're afraid that they were going to lose maybe some of their religious beliefs or some of their culture values or, you know, another culture was going to come in and, and overtake what they thought and what they believed. So Samaritans and Jews, they believed differently, they lived differently, and so they are really trying to stick together. So, you know, teenagers think about this as your rival team. You know, if you're playing sports, this is your rival team. This is your enemy, the, the one that you want to beat more than anybody, right? Like all the other people on the schedule don't matter as much as this one. This is the big rival game. This is the big, the big one that you just cannot stand. You're talking trash year-round. Well, that's the way it was between the Jews and the Samaritans. Okay, so now let's look at the passage again. Who's the very first person that walks by this Jew? It's the priest, a Jewish priest. Okay, if you're thinking about your team, this is like your team leader. This is like, you know, one of your, one of your best uh, coaches or somebody on the team, the one that has the most compassion or should have the most compassion and the most care. and and can be the most help, and it says he actually crossed to the other side of the road because he didn't want to get involved. He looks over there, and he's like, that's a messy situation. You know, I've got places to be and things to do. I don't have time to get messed up in whatever that guy was messed up in. um, You know, somebody else can come along and help him, but I don't need to be touching him because that's going to make me unclean, and I'm not going to be able to go do the duties that I need to do uh, at the temple. So he leaves his fellow teammate behind. Well, then you get the next guy come along. And he also is basically like a church leader. He's like this Levite. He's a religious man of the Jewish culture. And he, too, takes a look at this beat-up, wounded teammate of his. And he leaves him. He keeps walking. You know, don't know what he was thinking other than, Maybe same thing like, hey, I just, I don't have time for this. You know, I've got an appointment here in a little bit, and I'm, I'm already running late. I've got to go. Well, then you have the enemy that comes along, the last person that you would expect to actually come and help. That's who comes to this man's rescue, the enemy, the opposing team, the guy that should probably hate you the most. He comes over, and he kneels down, and he starts taking care of you. He's, he's giving you medicine. He's bandaging your wounds. And if that's not enough, like that, even if that guy just does that, does just that, bandages your wounds, you know, gives you a little medicines like, Hey man, I wish you the best of luck. You know, it looks like you're going to make it, uh, but I've got to go, or I don't need to be seen with you because we're enemies, but at least I know you're, you're okay. You're going to live. You know, I've got to go on my way. He goes even further than that he puts the man on his donkey and again this is not like a two passenger car right like he has to walk while the man this man's now on his donkey and who knows how far it was to the closest end. he's got to take him a, a good little distance i imagine finally gets him there and then takes care of him through the night like he's he's going above and beyond he's he's helping this man he's making sure he's okay and then the man even pays for this guy's bills and says, look, I've got to go. Uh, Here's some money for for him having to stay here even longer. If by chance uh, you need more money because he has to stay here longer or he needs something, I'm going to come back by later. I'm going to settle up with you. Guys, this is so far above and beyond. Jesus is trying to stress that it's so much more than— a skin color or a nationality or just because he's not your buddy or your family member or friend that doesn't give you reason not to be able to show compassion and show love. He's teaching us that is our neighbor. Now you take that back to the passage that we talked about last week and you and you know, we mentioned again earlier today we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And this one individual trying to catch Jesus in, you know, I don't know if he's trying to catch him in, in you know, some kind of, you know, ironic statement where, you know, he's got to pick, pick and choose a side. But Jesus lays it out there and says, this is your neighbor. Even your enemies are your neighbors. Again, which goes back to us last week talking about how we are to love our enemies. He says everybody loves their friends, right? Every, anybody can love your family and, and people that love you back. What about loving people that don't love you? What about loving your enemy? That's something to, to really take a stand about. That's something that will set you apart. And that's what Jesus wanted. He wanted his followers to stand apart and be different in a good way, right? Like standing up for what is right and what is just. Going above and beyond and being the good Samaritan. And again, we look at today and all the crazy that's going on and all the hatred and anger. And yes, we as individuals are only individuals, but think about how much of a voice individuals can have. I mean, all you have to do is look on the news. I mean, people have strong voices and groups are getting together and they're making their voices heard. You know, we as believers need to be doing the same thing. We need to be standing up for what is right, what is biblical, what is truth, and that comes in the form of love. It doesn't matter if somebody's different than you. It doesn't matter if someone has a different viewpoint or a different perspective or different likes or they look different or different skin color or whatever whatever it is that's different about you and somebody else. That's not a reason not to help, not to serve, not to love, and to care for them. And again, it's that saying of you don't have, if they are evil, okay, let's say that they're an evil person. It's not just, you know, they're, they're a little different from you. Let's just say they're, they're really a bad, they're a bad person. You don't have to condone and love maybe their lifestyle or their sin, but we are called to love them. You know, it's, it's hate the sin, but love the sinner mentality. Because first of all, we're all sinners, okay? So uh, if we just want to go out and hate sinners, well, there's no one to love as far as humans are concerned because we all mess up. We're all sinful, um, and we're not encouraging and condoning necessarily a specific sin or a lifestyle or a choice or an action, but we're trying to love individuals. And that's, that's what Jesus is getting getting at is we have to love others, even if we see them as despicable, because that's the way the Jews and the Samaritans saw each other, and that's how they rivaled. And again, this is 2,000 years ago, all this is happening. So again, that's why I said we've, we've always had a division and, and hatred and evil. Um, it'd been interesting to know if they had cell phones back then and to be able to watch videos and social media posts, what it would be like. Would it be just like today? Mm, probably, probably pretty similar, because we're all humans, we just have different cultures and environments, but for the most part, we all have kind of a lot of the same desires, and the wants, and the needs, and we all have this selfishness that, that can come out if we're not careful, but hopefully we are putting God first, we're putting Jesus first, and we're pursuing Him, and what He wants for us, and He wants us to love others. So i got two takeaways that I want you to really take away from this passage. One is, this poor man had two of his teammates leave him behind. So students, young people listening to this, be a good teammate. Help out your fellow teammates if they are hurting, if they are in need, if they are struggling. I mean, you're their teammate. You're on the same team. It's maybe fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It may literally be a teammate on the same team. It may be a a family member. Help those people out. Be a good teammate. The second one is be the good Samaritan. If they are on the opposing team, if they are the enemy, we're still called to help them if they need our help. If we can somehow meet their need, that means we need to help them. Now, you may be thinking in your head, oh, if I ever saw somebody beat up on the road or lying there or in a bad accident or something, I would go help them. What about the small scale things? That's where it starts. What about the the young man or the young woman at school that people are picking on or spreading rumors about or making fun of? That's the person that needs you to stick up for them too. That's the person that needs you to say, "Hey, hey, hey. You know, leave him alone." Maybe that's when you go over and you ask, you see them drop something or they're struggling to to find their way to a class or or to you know, where they're trying to get, and you say, hey, can I help you? You look lost, or you look like you need an extra hand. Can I help you with something? Or maybe it's just a smile, and it's just a wave, and it's just a simple hello. Guys, we never know what other people are going through. We never know what hurt or what people are dealing with it, you know, in their home life, and sometimes being the good Samaritan is just simply saying hello to a stranger, simply giving them a smile, simply meeting a little need as that. Just simply being recognized for a moment because they feel like nobody cares about them. Nobody recognizes them. No one loves them. Perhaps that's what you need to do to be the Good Samaritan. So don't think necessarily large scale. Yes, I hope in a large scale situation you are the Good Samaritan, but I want you to think on the little scale. On the the day-to-day routines, how can you be the good samaritan. How can you help someone that is struggling, that is hurting, that is in need? Something that you can can actually do or say. Maybe it's not even something that you give. You know, maybe you're not able to, you know, nurse them back to health and help them out. Maybe it's you have to just simply give them a word of encouragement. We all have something to offer. We all have different talents and abilities and opportunities. So part of that is seeking God and saying, God, how can, how can you use me during this time? How can you use me in this person's life? Or God, bring people into my life that I have the opportunity to be the good Samaritan to. And you do that, and I believe God will do the same because we will need someone like a good Samaritan at some point in our life to come and help us when we're hurting, when we're in need, when we're struggling, and we would hope that if not our own teammate comes to our rescue, that at least someone, like a good Samaritan, would come to our rescue. Guys, I'll leave you with that. Uh, again, I love you, care about you guys. And again, if you're listening to this present-day Uh, and you're a teenager here in the Venice community, 6th to 12th grade, we are starting back live on Wednesday night at our youth group. We would love to have you real life here at First Baptist Church in Venice. Come hang out with us. We meet from 6 to 7. We have a good time. Um, If you're listening to this somewhere far off, hey, reach out to us through social media. Send me an email if, uh, if you have questions or comments or anything that I can possibly assist you with. That's what I'm here for, to help you young people uh, make wise decisions in life and have the most fulfilled, purposeful life that God has for you. Hey, if you found value in this, I would really like it and appreciate it if you would share it with someone, um, make a comment, leave a little review. I really, really do appreciate it. And, guys, we will see you in the next podcast. Until then, Bye-bye. I don't wanna be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free. So you could hear the truth. Yeah, I know that we all have fear.